and welcome back to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. Ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, but not just any fantasy today. Oh. And you could even argue for even talking fantasy today, <laughs> as I'm realizing as I'm going through the motion of our intro, because today we're talking about a one of the most best-selling, popular science fiction novels of all time, dating back to 1965. It won the first ever Nebula Award for Best Novel and also tied for the Hugo Award. It's got a huge blockbuster movie Coming out in just a matter of weeks, we are, of course, talking about Dune by Frank Herbert. That's exactly what we're talking about, Charles. Yeah, is it fantasy? Maybe that's a conversation for another day, I think. Right? There is kind of, it's kind of space fantasy because it does have the difference uh, from like the more Asimov, like let's really focus on the technology. Mm-hmm. So, and, and right. I think in part that's. That's part of what makes this such a revolutionary book is to use science mm-hmm. fiction, but to also go oh, like space fantasy, uh, space opera E in focusing much more on the on the characters, on the plot, on the world building, all that kind of stuff. But not from the perspective of like, here's the hard technology and how it's, <laughs> uh, playing out. But but anyway, Charles, we'll, we'll get a lot more into all that, I'm sure. But mm-hmm. uh, we we ought to say that folks are are likely uh, if this went as planned seeing a much shorter <laughs> duration uh, of this episode than they are used to when we're giving our book discussions that's because we are trying out something new that we think will be great for you all the listeners because we've been having a lot of these more spoiler free uh, discussions up at the top of these books and then mm. we're doing my you know, famous spoiler warning and getting into the deep depths of discussion. But we're like, hey, like we want to make sure that folks know where, what they're getting themselves into when it comes to spoilers or non-spoilers when they click into the episode. So uh, we're creating hopefully these shorter uh spoiler-free discussions, which is what you're listening to right now, where it's kind of like a book review that we're doing verbally amongst friends. Uh, And we won't give anything uh, deep away in this one, but we'll give you an idea of the book, what we liked about, what we maybe didn't like as much. Uh, and then that'll just be its its own thing that you're safe to click on and listen all the way through if you haven't yet read the book. So if you haven't yet read mm-hmm. Dune, you're totally safe here. Uh, and then later in the week, maybe in like a couple days, we'll release the full deep dive episode that will just get into the nitty gritty for all you folks who have read uh, the book that we're talking about. So this is the first time we're trying this format. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's a spoiler-free section, and in a couple of days, uh, you should be on the lookout for the deep dive spoiler-filled episode. That's right. We're taking our book summary, splitting it into the spoiler-free mm-hmm. and the spoiler-filled. So right now, Dylan, we're just diving right into the the spoiler-free. And... The shallow waters of... <laughs> <laughs> the shallow Although that's waters the worst... of... Chalamet, right. 
adaptations. <laughs> right. Well, I was going to say, talking about waters in any way, be they shallow or deep dives, are probably the least apt metaphor for the book that we're discussing today. Uh, I don't which know. Is it's the most Dune precious resource primarily. on Dune, you know? And, right. Um, so much to get into about that. But I think since this is a spoiler-free discussion and, you know, we're, we're talking about this at the highest level, I think it's kind of interesting to think like, okay, we're right now, like the promo for the second part of this movie is coming out, right? Dune, right. the movie was a super popular release a few years ago. Huge. And it was right to yeah, streaming. Like 2021, right? Am I? Yeah, I think it was or, like yeah. released like right to streaming and was very popular. And now the second movie is coming out in theaters all these years later. Um, so very excited about that. It, David Lynch did a movie decades ago and like it was a big <laughs> flop and it's it's kind of fun to watch in like a cult movie, but it's like super weird and, and like not traditionally what I would call a good movie. <laughs> but um, I was I was looking at I haven't seen that movie yet, but I was looking at the the 1984 one. I'm saying I haven't seen and I've seen Dune Part 1 the 2021 movie mm-hmm. but i was looking at the cast and i was showing people in my lab in my phd program i was like uh i was like this is what timothy chalamet looked like in 1984 like this is <laughs> 1984 timothy chalamet <laughs> yeah um, what is his name Kyle like McLaughlin. He's, he's great yeah but... <laughs> uh, he looks like this is tough to say about someone who is decades older than mm-hmm. timothy chalamet but i'm like you look like a knockoff timothy chalamet <laughs> for sure for sure yeah like, definitely and looks like the generic in that movie too brand. like <laughs> yeah <laughs> very bizarre but there are some great moments from it i always like like the spice the spice melange <laughs> all the whispering <laughs> he does like the inner monologue it's like the character whispering it just shows like their blank face it's just, it's a weird vibe but <laughs> So that's all to say, here we are in a modern day talking about a book from 1965. And and Dylan, you mentioned when we pitched these books that it's always kind of a mixed bag when you read a book that's that's from the 60s today, because we're obviously reviewing it today. This is part of a, this episode's dedicated to kind of reviewing it in a modern audience. And I know you always love to separate like, okay, is, is this something that you should read as part of your healthy, well-balanced diet? Or is this something that you're (laughs) actually going to enjoy on face value? And I know you're kind of going into it being like some of this, I just got to suck it up and take it on um, and I'll be better for it at the end. But uh, is this really just like eating your vegetables or was this a nice amuse-bouche? Where did you end up on that whole discussion? Well, yeah, my idea was saying coming into it that it was like eating my vegetables is that, hey, there's such an important context-driven reason to read this book, right? You Mm -hmm. have to, as a fantasy and to a little bit of lesser extent but also sci-fi enthusiast uh, who wants to know more about the genre that i love and understand like all the ways that this has influenced authors and just the, the genre as a whole it's like okay like this might not be the most enjoyable read it might not be as fun as some of the 
other books that uh, were on tap when we did our friends pitching fantasy. But like it's yeah, it's eating your vegetables. Good for me. And I'll feel good about myself in the long run if I do. Mm -hmm. And that was my attitude coming in. And Charles, I have to say that I was like borderline shocked at how modern I felt like this book read when compared to its contemporaries. Like, wow. And I'll name a couple. It's like, so Lord of the Rings is a bit older, but not by a ton. And I would say this reads way more modern than the Lord of the Rings books do. It also reads like I just read Stranger in a Strange Land, which is 1961. So only four years before it reads so much more modern than that book does as like uh, more sci-fi comparison to it. And it's just actually like very entertaining in and of itself, I would say. Like there's there are aspects that feel a little more dated and I did. Like it was not lost on me that for some reason Frank Herbert has the same tick of writing the word presently a million times. Isn't that, that so Gerard bizarre? Tolkien I noticed did. that too. Isn't I was that like, weird? man, I didn't realize Frank Herbert abused the word presently just as much as Tolkien <laughs> does. does. I'm like, do we need to say presently all the time? It never like, adds anything. <laughs> there's like no sentence. I, I can't even imagine. Like, I guess. Cause, I don't know. If someone's like I, I actively going back and forth in time, but it's like, no, it's right. so bizarre. I'm glad I had the same thought many, many times. <laughs> and but, I, I know I'm a big avid and I'm, that's really interesting that you say that Dylan, because I'm, I knew maybe that you would, I wasn't sure how you were going to take this book because it is dated, but compared to its contemporaries, like I also, I love science fiction and I've read a lot of it and I've read the foundation series by Isaac Asimov, which is like Mm -hmm. early fifties. So around Tolkien and all that within this realm. And it is way, way like more like dated and it's way more heavy in terms of its like science fiction and technology. And it weighs so heavy on all that, that this book just, lifts like this modern storytelling narrative like it that has been relevant for 60 years now and then even reading like the pulp fantasy of the 70s like we read i read ann mccaffrey and terry brooks and some of those people who just had serialized fantasy books cranking out and you're like even those just read different and have this like older narrative kind of vibe that doom which came out 10 20 years earlier just does not have so that's a really i would agree completely yeah and it is an incredible feat when you take that into account like i i have some areas that i'm somewhat critical of and and we can get into those Uh, but my number one takeaway was wow i cannot believe this was written like four years after stranger in a strange land and uh, like i'll say though uh when was a wizard of Earthsea by Ursula K. Le Guin? Like that Ooh, reads extremely that well and carries over an extremely, uh, like, impressive. Nineteen sixty-eight. A little bit so after. A yeah, little bit after sixty-eight. Guess. So three so, years. Yeah. So that's the only other book from around that time that I would. But that too, this like, to invented a genre, that, and I think oh, yeah. that's like it basically invented young adult 
fantasy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Which didn't exist at the time. And this book, I think, created a genre that you have to kind of appreciate when you go back and read older books. It's like, why is this book so famous when maybe if it came out today, it may not hit as hard. Although we see that the story itself is hitting very well as a blockbuster franchise but it's because of it basically invented this genre of this like soft sci-fi or i'll say popularized it at least space and pulled on different levers of the sci-fi genre to tell a more to tell a story more rooted in the human condition which is what a lot of our favorite fantasy series do and i think that was a huge breakthrough and an inspiration for a lot of stories particularly star wars like you like right. even George Lucas like says, "Hey, like the tattooing, like this Star Wars opens as a, <laughs> on a desert planet, and there's all kinds of other parallels to the story. I won't get into in the spoiler-free section that directly kind of are influenced lovingly by Dune. So, it, when you influence Star Wars, you know you're on the right path. I'll say that. <laughs> yeah, definitely, and all the ways that it's rooted in." Uh, things like family and mm-hmm. character development and uh, all the other aspects of it, the more sci-fi aspects of it, are there to serve the story and the characters. Mm-hmm. And I really appreciate that. And I, I'll i also say, I kept thinking when I was reading this book, I was like, I bet you Robert Jordan was influenced by a lot of this like i have no idea yeah. i didn't look into i got it at robert all, jordan vibes too there's so much and i will get into that more in the spoiler filled section that feels like robert jordan was was drawing from i mean some of it that i can get into uh, that are not i would not say spoilers are the like in the magic system for the most part like women are the only ones who can really utilize the magic um mm-hmm. and in the uh, also some of these like these chosen one narratives have been around for a long time but i see a lot of parallels between the way it's used in the in dune and in the wheel of time for sure and for me, yeah, there's like these, the way he approaches relationships between men and women. You're like, is this progressive <laughs> or is this dated? It's a little bit of both, you know? It's kind of a really interesting, which we can get more into in the spoiler-filled portion. But I was always yeah. just kind of like, like this is progressive for the time, for but it's still rooted yeah. in stuff that's not progressive at all. So it's kind of like you get a science fiction story where a guy's in a flying car reading a newspaper. It's like the equivalent. It's like, oh, wow, like women are in positions of power and treated equally as men, but Quote, they're still unquote. just have no voice or agency at the same time. So it's yeah, like, like this really interesting. Yeah, it's really like, like this interesting hyper focused on like how they relate to men beyond anything <laughs> else. Like right. that is. I mean, but that's the Jordan Robert Jordan way of doing it as well. <laughs> so, exactly. And that was decades later. So you, I guess Dune. I mean, you have to think compared to what else was being written at the time. It it was likely progressive in its time, and then now we can see the right. I mean, Lord of the Rings didn't even good. have any main female right. characters that weren't just like you know. <laughs> they had some which were you know. But they're so minor. And, and even the movies yeah. don't pass that. Was it the Turing test? So it's like Dune at no, least not the Turing passes. It's the Bechdel. Oh, what's the, the Turing, Turing test? The Turing test is like the can AI pass as human oh. test, I believe. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> it doesn't pass that either, to be fair. But no. it doesn't pass the be- the Bechtel test. Bechtel, I think. Yeah, it doesn't yeah. pass that. Well, this story at least passes that, and then the movies do too. I think so. Yeah, it does totally. So um, yeah, at least there's that. Yeah, and the Bechtel test uh, for folks who are not familiar with it uh, that is uh, it's like a test to measure how well women are represented in the film it's a pretty low bar it's whether a work features at least two female characters who have a conversation about something other than a man which is like you would think oh that should be like everything right just one conversation between uh, two yeah they're over 50 percent of the population woman and girl or whatever (laughs) who are talking about something other than a man and it's amazing how or amazing makes it sound positive uh, it is appalling how few <laughs> uh, how many works do not pass that and uh, i would say lord of the rings certainly does not seem to the movies my, don't uh, like i think there isn't there like a famous sort of meme where people show like every uh, like they'll do a whole intro with lord of the rings and they'll be like every um like every conversation between two female characters in Lord of the Rings. And it's like someone like a girl running in and like yelling, like they're coming or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Too. It definitely uh, was like I'm a character. Like one of our main characters talking to like an NPC, like for a yeah. second is pretty much the, the whole thing. But yeah, it's, so there is some of that in here. And I think that's, you know, at some level, like, mm, talking about Dune as a part of its time, which I think we've done pretty well. I think as we're nearing the end of our spoiler free, what I'm really curious to know is like, what, like putting all of that context aside, how will you approach like your thoughts on Dune, the story, Dune, the characters, like as yeah. just a 2024 reader of fiction, were you entertained? Uh- I, I was entertained, but not as much as I would be mm. by, let's uh, let's say, something like, uh, I don't know, even just like, let's say, Sanderson, who I really mm. enjoy his works, um, uh, but probably for me, not as quite as much as I enjoy, like, Rothfuss or Abercrombie or, you mm-hmm. know, the folks who are, like... Uh, top top uh tier for my own personal subjective taste but um it's it's a little like the pacing is a little bit weird i think where it's like Mm. borderline slow for the first like few hundred pages or even more than that but i would say like a pace i actually like better than this like then weird accelerated pace that takes place at the end where it's almost like whiplash. Uh, <laughs> so uh, yes, there's the like final climax that that is just so like, fast. <laughs> it's like, yeah. And just all this build up for like 20 pages <laughs> less. Yeah. And there's character development. Like I'll take myself out of the for its time stuff. Like when you take all of that out, it can feel a little bit flat for some characters. Like some are like the main character, Paul can feel kind of, one-dimensional um as as can some others and then there's secondary characters who are kind of like you're invited to care about them in a way that they never like deserve by nature of showing any like fully fleshed out uh like personality or anything like that 
Um, but there's very interesting, I think, like, the political intrigue behind it The is interesting. Like, I liked all the double-crossing and stuff mm-hmm. that was going on. I like the... The, the like story from from a zoomed out perspective of like everything that's happening i was like oh this is cool like this is really cool and uh, uh yeah it's overall i think i was still entertained um right would i and it's hard to take away from the context but i still enjoyed the book even if it right. came out in 2024 i would still be like oh that was a good read but having come out in 65 i'm like wow that is very impressive what about I, you joe I, I agree. I, there, there's just so much I really like about the book. You know, the actual political narrative going on is super intricate. And yeah. it's something that, you know, this is my second or third time reading this book. I saw the original David Lynch movie and you know seen the first. So I've like sat with this story for a while. And it's one of those stories that you can kind of you're you don't mind seeing over and over and over again. It's kind of like like Dragon Ball Z. When the new video game comes out, it's the same story. Like Goku fights Budokai Frieza. 19. Yeah, but I don't care because the story just lends itself right. to being like, okay, I can experience this story again with modern graphics or whatever, you know, different <laughs> fighting mechanics. It's still the same story. It's kind of like my experience with Dune. I'm like, okay, like, it's just the new version. This is the Ten- Tenkaichi 12. This is basically this movie coming out in March, and I'm very excited about that. And, you know, the... the the villain, our Baron Vladimir Harkonnen, <laughs> is a great villain. I think he's so good, and um, I'll have more to say about him in our right. in our spoiler filled. But our main antagonist, I'll say, is so good. He, he's textbook yeah. evil, but it's just like he he's so much fun, and just the idea of the spice and the dunes and all these words that he makes up like spice melange kwisat sadarak like i'm find myself saying all these things the benny jesserit like all of these words that he's made up i'm always entertained by sometimes going back reading through the actual book it's a bit of a lift you have to do like there it, it is a little mm-hmm. bit slower and then like the action packed ending is slow i'm sure that these movies are going to devote a lot more time to some of this stuff and it's going to be a lot more rewarding as an experience that's my prediction but the book overall i'd say is good and anyone who's like an avid fantasy reader has a lot that they could enjoy because it is almost like a feudal society so there's a lot of these cool um political maneuverings going on and you have your like messiah like chosen one kind Mm. of thing too which is fun so there's definitely a lot to digest and enjoy and just also this whole thing around the ecology of the planet arrakis is is i think a huge conversation we're going to get into in our spoiler filled but it's it's one of the best parts of this book, just the whole world building, which you, you don't normally think of sci-fi. You don't usually have that world building conversation as much as you do in fantasy, but you could have that exact fantasy kind of scope of world building applied to Dune and it's all there. It really, really strong. And the way he ties it into his characters, his character development and his themes and just his commentary on modern society. Like you can read this stuff today of like, over 
it's basically like oil, right? That's oil in the Middle East is mm-hmm. what we're talking about here, right? The, the spice that you need to travel. <laughs> and you, that's, you have these rich people just like squeezing it as much as they can and, and at, at the sacrifice of the ecology of the land and the native people, right? They don't care at all. It's all about just extracting yeah. as much profit out of this place <laughs> as possible. And he uses that to kickstart a story. So for me, like just a rich bed of of a plot that you don't get in a whole lot of books and you only get in like some of the legendary books that you get to read and like Lord of the Rings could be one of them and then certainly you know some of our contemporary fantasy authors greatest works do this and it's just something that it keeps it as one of these tentpole stories that I've always just really enjoyed it is kind of the reading experience is held back a little bit, but I think anyone who's an avid fantasy reader should definitely pick it up. That's my my review. <laughs> That's well said, Charles. Yeah, my only add on to what you said there is when it comes to the idea of Arrakis as a world, and it's one of those that when you're reading the book, you just like feel like you're there like you could it's like uh, you are just feeling like you are in this like sun beating down on you (laughs) desert like dry it's like i've probably been more hydrated reading dune than i've been uh, any other book because i'm just like getting thirsty and i'm just like downing my water just appreciate water more (laughs) yeah like it is uh, the kind of thing where somehow frank herbert is able to just teleport you right onto arrakis and it feels like such a real like setting that you are living through so uh that's uh yeah when the setting feels that alive like that is that is pretty rare but we'll get into that a lot more charles you read like a or see like a you're told a really intense dramatic story and it's like go hug your loved ones (laughs) this is like you're reading dune you're like go drink some water (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) it's basically the same thing right that is well said charles but i i think we've uh we've desiccated this uh spoiler free section uh we've sucked all of the uh, liquid (laughs) we've squeezed all the content out of all the juice out of this and now it's just the the desert uh, planet the water of its life right (laughs) the water of its life that's what they say um yes dude life water we've taken all life yeah uh, life water uh, we've taken all of that from the spoiler-free section. I think it's time for us to get into the deep, deep depths of spoiler That's territory. Well said. So you know, compared to other like classic literary sci-fi, this one is brings in some entertainment value as well. So definitely a recommended read. And Dylan, I think all that's left to do is to give one of your famous spoiler warnings coming your way well we are now into the spoiler section of this uh, wonderful classic work of sci-fi dune by frank herbert so if you haven't yet read dune like the first book in this series then now's a good time to turn this down in your headphones and yeah i guess here we are charles we're in a different episode yeah. yeah thank you guys for listening and yeah. uh, oh, when yeah. you do get a chance to read the book definitely be sure to 
um, come back and check out our spoiler-filled discussion. But sure. for those of you that have read the book, just wait a matter of days. We're going to really dive into all the spoiler glory. And I guess you could turn this down your headphones because it's ending, you know? So oh, it's yeah. like, like, that's all there it's is different. to say. So, I know, guess thanks. Charles. Yeah, yeah. we should uh, tell him. Give us five stars on Spotify. Oh, yeah. Give us five stars. Rate re- review on Apple Podcasts. Follow us on Instagram at the FTF Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at the FTF Podcast One. And perhaps yeah. TikTok. I, I really think it might be out. Uh, <laughs> We're getting week, there. Uh, <laughs> at the FTF Podcast on TikTok. And uh, yeah, we'll hopefully see you in the spoiler filled section. Yep, yep. Well said, Dylan. Thank you guys so much for listening. This was a fun one. Can't wait to to get right into it, which is good because the conversation for us is just going to go right into it. But for you guys, just a little bit. It's coming. A few more days. Thank you all so, so much for listening. We greatly appreciate you. And uh, as always, go forth and conquer, friends. <laughs>